This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. Lexa, what are we doing here? I just stretch it out, but I mean, yeah, if you want want me to put on a gun show here. Welcome to Shirts and Ties, a podcast about education and culture. I'm Brian Miller. And I'm Casey Shirts. What are we chatting about today? Every once in a while, a topic just kind of makes sense to me based on conversations we're having, things I'm reading. And and one thing that I really found interesting when we talked to Mr. Moore last week was he was discussing the end of his career and at the same time making a 20-year plan because he's not really ready to be done. And that concept of being done, I came across an interesting, it was a, I guess it was an article on Medium, but it was really just a list and it was titled The Cult of Done. And so I'm stealing some ideas from that for sure. But what I was really thinking about was education And the challenge that educational leaders have in convincing educators that you are never done and then challenging that concept of, I just want to be done with this. I want to finish this thing. Why are we doing this thing again? Because that's what happens in education a lot, right? You go back to something that you've already done and you're like, but we we already did that. We're done with that. And so that's what I want to think about is why is there a desperation to finish and how do we convince our educators that this work we're doing is never done? Which is interesting. Uh, when you first gave me, you just gave me the title uh, about a week ago and the cult of done. And, and I went in a very different direction because it seemed as though it reminded me more of our conversation a couple episodes ago where we were kind of saying like, I'm more of like the emotional storyteller. You're more of like this systems guy. And I'm like, okay, he's more of the systems. Let's, let's see something in T completion. And I'm not that uh, in terms of, I, I actually struggle with getting things done. Uh, I'm much more of a get things started, big idea guy. And so I tried to rearrange the title. You said the cult of done. And so I was like, well, what's, what's, what's a synonym for cult of the undone, which is what I am. Like I, I am a sucker for, engaging in things and not completing them. Um, so I'm intrigued by where this goes because uh, I think there is some draw. So there's some very real reasons why we are drawn to not completing tasks. So I, I want to know where you want to go with this. So, Well, and, and I think semantics are going to be necessary here a little bit because y- your phrase completion, seeing th- things through to completion, I would argue that's different than being done. And and so we'll we'll get into that a little bit. Okay. But let me set the stage for why I was thinking about it the way I was. I do think that there is a desire to be done. And if you are embedded in education, then you know how frustrating cycling through the same things can be. Sure. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna deconstruct our standards again. Yeah. Right. Uh, we maybe and, change the title a little bit, but we're doing the same thing. Yeah, it's always the same thing. So that's my first point for why educators just want to be done with things. And that's because it feels repetitive. You know, if you're going back through the standards again and again and again, it feels 
repetitive. If you're rewriting your assessments again and again, it feels repetitive. And Are the you intentionally with, repeating repetitive? Because that's that was, I, that was clever. I, yeah, I think it works, right? Um, <laughs> and one of the things that's true about repetition is it loses its uh, its vigor. It's no longer interesting. It's no longer mentally challenging. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm. I, we've done this. I'm done with this, right? Yeah. It also can be exhausting. It's exhausting to revisit the same challenge again and That's again. the one that I think is interesting to me. It is exhausting. And it's exhausting because there is an exhaustion when you feel like you're not progressing in anything. Yeah. Doing something consistently and you don't have a, a showcase, you don't have moments of victory. That's just so exhausting. And that's one of the reasons why I, I kind of wrote down like why people are just done with things is when they feel like they either don't have the tools or they're not sufficient enough to complete something. Um, it's just so frustrating and we feel like failure. And so really what we're doing is we're walking into a cycle of repeated failure and that's so frustrating. And so people end up just saying, I'm done with this. I, I can't experience this misery anymore. And isn't that what education is right now? Aren't we all just kind of exhausted and done with it because we keep facing the same challenges and we're not finding solutions? I, I, well, I kind of feel according like According to part- Tom Moore, after 40 years of education, it's not just now. We've been doing this for 40 years. Right. And that's a great call too. And and I think that there is some comfort in knowing that this isn't a new challenge. We're not the first to face this. Even Jen Ford, remember when we had her on, she talked about that too. These, these challenges, it's not the first time we as humans have faced these challenges. We found ways to overcome it. Um so here's like in uh, there's a few things that have happened in my three years in this position where and we've addressed some problems, but there's some that remain and and they are those kind of problems that are exhausting. And one of my favorite things to do in my role is to find the soft spots and press on them until they start to break a little. And they're like, OK, clarify the problem. The problem's right there. And and we have and, and I don't sure want to get into love that. that about you. Oh, they. <laughs> At various times, I'm the least favorite person in the building. But then when I'm sitting at the table and we're, we're coming up with solutions, people start to like me again. So this is this is my existence. Your little um, dance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I don't want to get too much into the detail because, you know, these are emotional things. But I, I can see the, how tired many people mm. on the staff are because it's like we've been talking about this now for three years. But when we get to some solutions, I think there are some ways that we can kind of uh, address that exhaustion. Cause I think, I mean, obviously one of the reasons we get exhausted is because we feel like we're alone in the fight. And so, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to preview some of the solutions, I think making sure we're not alone in the fight is part of that. Mm. But you also talked about disillusionment and people just throwing their hands up and walking away. And, and so I think in the end done looks like a couple of things. One is that it's not actually done. We're just throwing the thing away, you know, in, in, procrastination is a part of this too. The reason we procrastinate is because we don't feel good when we engage in the process. Yep. You know, I, I've talked about math quite a bit on here because I, I really like working with that group. Uh, math is always a, a group that's targeted both nationally and within buildings because it seems to be the subject that the kids struggle with the most. And and math homework is often the conversation. And the reason math ki- kids don't do their math homework is because when they don't, they, they don't feel good when they're doing it. Yeah. It doesn't make they sense don't to have them. Hope it's for success. Yeah. And so uh, it, that's something we have to figure out too, is like, how do we make sure that people don't feel awful about what they're doing when they're engaging in the process? Cause then they'll just put it off. 
there is kind of a positive version of of why people want to be done too and and i think this was tom moore which is satisfaction like i, I put in my time i've done enough i'm, I'm ready to be done yeah and, and that can happen too um, yeah, that that can happen. And I think maybe sometimes that's our biggest fear in education and why, you know, we, we can look around and say, why is that teacher still here? There's there's a few people in our various experiences that we can all say they stayed a little bit too long. Sometimes it's because financially, right? Like it's really expensive to not have insurance and those kinds of things. But sometimes I do wonder if it's because this fear of feeling I didn't complete the task, like did did I do enough? Um, and so we we hang on one more. I want to give it one more last go. And so th- there's like this beginning of your career where you're just excited because you feel like you can change the world. And, and you kind of and we, we have that language of like, don't hang out with the 20 year teachers because they're the ones who are like very uh, cynical and whatever. And then you get into that 20 year cycle and you kind of get in this very frustrated, very like, um, you know, the new principles, same conversation, right? New year, uh, different language, same process. And then you get near the end and you kind of have this, I'm assuming anyway, from people that I chat with, you kind of have like this, was it worth it? Or did I do enough? And you kind of have either like this very cynical, like anger of regret that it wasn't enough, or you didn't work enough, or it just didn't work out the way you wanted, or this overwhelming, holy shit, I got two more years left. I got three more years left. Let's get after it. Let's try and wrap this thing up so I can feel accomplished. And if you don't have that, you stay on for one, two, three, four more years consistently. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, the, when we have this conversation, it always reminds me of the end of, of uh goodwill. Nope. Not goodwill hunting wrong Matt David movie. Uh, shoot. I can't remember the movie though. The military one. Uh, fi- uh, shoot. Yep. This is gonna, this is gonna, play are you well. talking about, um, Oh, we're at the uh, end. The guy's like, tell me Tom I've been Hanks? good enough. Uh, yeah, maybe. Now it's, it's been so long. But at the end, he the 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 soldier is reflecting on his life and his experiences and his time in the war. And he said, tell me I've lived a good life. Tell me I've been good enough. Why? Saving Private Ryan. Gosh. Tom Hanks. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, anyway, that makes for good podcasting, not knowing, having a <laughs> Google search. So. But anyway, th- there is something to that scene. I think this the scene plays well, not just because of the movie itself, but because all of us, as we age, are going to ask that question. Yeah. Have we lived a good life? Have we done the right things? And and I think, you know, listening to Mr. Moore last week talk about some of that, you know, we're all going to go through that. Yeah. What I wanted to do, though, because really my goal is to to help educators understand that we're just the work we're doing. We're just never going to be done. And so I wanted to talk a little a bit about the truth of done. And, and some of this is inspired by that medium article I mentioned, but I I definitely made some changes to it based on some things that I observed or felt. So the first thing that I think is true about done is life is a process. It's never about the being done. And, and in my mind, here's what that process looks like. It goes from not knowing to then discovering like, hey, here's what we need. Here's what needs done. And then it's time for action. Let's address this thing. Let's work on this thing. And then once you've put in that work and you have reached maybe completion, I don't think it's being done, but like you've, you've finished for now this thing, now you rest and reflect. But this is an iterative process. So at that point, you either maintain 
whatever this thing is, whether it's a friendship or a marriage or a classroom, or if it's not working, you rebuild and you go through the process again, but you're never done. You're always going through that process in life. And again, I'm talking about relationships. I'm talking about careers. I'm talking about all of that. That's the process. And you're never going to be done. I wonder, uh, you you said it's never about the being done. And what stuck out to me was the the word being. And so I wrote down, it's never about being done. But then I wrote, it's about the being, right? That's what it's about. So when we look at life or career, there are moments that we can point to of like, maybe you started a new school or you started a curriculum, or you can point to like these very specific moments that you impacted people. But if you remember Tom Moore's reflection, he he didn't really talk about things that he accomplished. He talked about one of his favorite stories was how he addressed these two teachers. And he said, we had this conversation about what it's like to do what's best for kids. And we didn't really focus on this task that was given to us by the district, which was the war on um, the war on data or something like that. I forget what it was. He didn't have this overwhelming. We, we, we won the war. It was more of how they engaged in the war. That's what he remembers. That's what he highlights. And so when we rest and reflect, I wonder if those who have come to a completion of something career life when they look back where they find joy is not in like, yes, I, I got that, you know, six figure job that that was one of my goals. I, I ran, you know, invented this thing. That was one of my goals. Although they might have some of those check marks, it really is about the being how they did those things. And when they look back and they're like, yeah, I did those things, but man, I built some relationships. I encouraged my friends. I was loyal to my spouse, whatever it might be. That's what they're that's what they're proud of, not the tasks that they had checked. What do you think? Yeah, and uh, I think we've brought this up quite a quite a few times, which is even in the systems that we're trying to create and the things we're trying to do in school, it's not the outcome, it's the process. Sure. And it's and, so easy but, to forget that though, because there is no check mark. And I do think as a as a as people, as educators too, um, we want completion. We want things done. We want to be able, like, there is yeah. this, because our, our whole life is kind of wrapped up in these, you know, you have quarters or you have trimesters or you have the year. We have these very tight-knit boxes of completion. And so we want that. We want to know at the end of the year, we wrapped up all we were supposed to. We did all the things. We did all the assessments. And we're sending these kids off to the next year. So we want that. And it's okay that we want that. But that's in the end of it all, that's not what matters. Well, and and there are probably checklist people that listen to us. People do listen to us, right? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if there are checklist people listening to us, yeah, sometimes they probably get a little frustrated with us because you and I generally aren't that. I mean, I, but I do have systems. You know, we've talked about that a lot. And, and yeah. you know, I'm looking at my notes. It looks like a checklist kind of. But I guess here's my point. When that checklist is done, there's going to be another checklist. Oh, of course. Yeah. You're not actually done, right? Yeah. And, Did and you ever I watch think... the West Wing at all? Uh, no, not really. Um, I, my wife and I, oh, six, seven years ago, we loved it. And so, but there was always a phrase that I loved, the president, I forget his name. Um, 
he had this phrase and it was pretty cyclical throughout the entire show is he would always say like they would have these moments where he would close a book of a task and say all right what's next right and they, they had that kind of as part of his his person and i always kind of struck that always kind of struck me because that is exactly to your point it's always what's next right what's next we're never done because the second you complete something all right what's next what's the next thing we got thing we got to work on what's the the next task to this over overwhelming project and i just love that to your point what's next what's next what's next yeah and and tied closely to that i think in order to be okay not being done is recognizing that everything is a draft and you are always in the editing stage and i think education is a great example of that because it's never going to be a finished perfect product we are always going to be making those small adjustments and I think it's really important that you just come into this knowing that so that you're not exhausted by the constant maintenance that has to occur. You think for people who are checklist people, type A people is another way maybe to say it. That's what's so exhausting about this profession is that they hate living in a draft. I, I bet it's really difficult. I, I bet it is. And um, I I have moments where... I really need to be crossing things off. Um, but I, I somewhere along the line, what I realized was that that this list is for this moment. And in and, and next week there'll be a new list. And it'll be and you know, I just was okay with that. But it would be tough to have to rewrite lists all the time if your goal is to just be finished and, and get this thing perfected. I've wondered if at times that's one of the reasons why teachers close their doors um, is because the second there is this constant reminder or feeling that we're always in a draft, which is always revising, always editing. There's this anxiety of, I just want to complete this task before I move on to the next one. I just want to complete it. And to me, I don't necessarily need that. Um, but for those that I serve, I'm sure there's plenty of teachers who need that. And so there is an overwhelming anxiety. And so there's a quote that I kind of came across as I'm just kind of considering this, which was anxiety happens when you think you have to figure out everything all at once. And so for, if you're a type A person and you have a leader like myself, who is maybe constantly giving ideas or constantly editing the process, there is an, an anxiety that is being created in many of my teachers because they want to figure this thing out and they want to figure it out now because that's their personality and it's also their strength and it's not mine. And so I, I really just need to be more aware of that, that they're not, although the the, the frustration might be directed at me, um, sometimes it's just, just because they're frustrated with the process and I'm the one who's engaging that process or pushing that process in a way that is exhausting and an anxious ridden for them. You know, and, and what's weird is I talk about this uh, desire to never be done and, and trying to support teachers and understanding you're never going to be done. Uh, one reason I really liked teaching is because the school year would end and yep. I'd be done. Yep. And it'd be like, okay, uh, all right, I'm finished. I'm going to take a, a beat here. But then, of course, it was like, all right, back to the drawing table. What went yep. well? What? But but I did have a moment of closure with those kids where it was like, okay, yep. I'm done working with these kids. Yep. And you have that, I mean, not just at the end of the year, you have it at Christmas break. There's kind of an, a sense of done, right? Yeah. So let's try it again. Uh, and I I love the teaching calendar year for that very reason. There's a lot yeah. of almost like reset buttons. 
Yeah. All right. So I think the next truth then about being done, or as I would argue, never being done, um, you can only be done with things that you are ready to throw away. That's the only time you're going to be done is when you're ready to throw it away. So put put that into a phrase that we all have used and at times do use. I'm done with that kid. Right. Throwing that kid away. Exactly. I think that's a that's a great point and, and what an unhealthy thing that is. Now, I'm not saying we never do this, right? If you're in a broken relationship, done means that you're throwing that relationship away, right? Uh, if if you've been working on a piece of art and it's just not you're it's not coming into form the way it. you want, done with it. Just throw that thing away, put it in the trash, right? If your career isn't working out for you, hmm. done with it. Throw it away. Pick a new one, right? But but understand what done means. Done means done. It, you're throwing that thing away and you're going on to the next thing. And there's a, just a, an incredible finite decision-making to that. That's scary. Yeah. So I, I I think that one actually really hits home. I don't, I don't know if I've said the word I'm done for a long time towards a person, but maybe at times I, I think, I, I don't know. That, that, one, that one hits home. If you put it in that phrase, that's a little bit different. I'm throwing yeah. you away. Yeah. And then the last truth, and then I did want to, I wanted to point out a couple more things here uh, before we start to think about maybe how we resolve this and support teachers in, and never being done because it can be an exhausting feeling. But there is a quote from this Medium article that I, I did just take it in its form because I thought it was interesting. And it says, people without dirty hands are wrong. Doing Oof. something makes you right. Wow. And I, I, I really, I, I looked at that and I thought about it and I, I, you know, I'm like, do I agree with this? Is this, and in the end, I, I think I chose to keep it in its form because I, I do think I agree with it. And uh, the example goes back to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, which is, I think in education, we have a lot of people, probably administrators specifically, but lots of people who are buffers to status quo. Hmm who do not want to get their hands dirty. Instead, they just want to, you know, kind of move about and, and keep the sides apart and, and keep things from totally breaking and, and not have to try to fix or repair, just keeping the status quo. But man, what that means is you're done. Like, the, see, look around. Everything as it is, is the way it's going to be. I'm done. Mm. And I don't think that's okay. I think, you know, going back to Danny Bauer, we have to be action oriented. We got to seek people that are action oriented. We have to get our hands dirty to keep up the maintenance, to build new things. So I think we got to get our hands dirty. People without dirty hands are wrong. Finish it. Doing something makes you right. Now, of course, I'm going to, there's holes to this, right? Of course there is. Sure. Uh, Because just because you're doing something doesn't make you right. However, Man, I got to think about that. Just because the act of doing does not make you right. Of course not. The act of not doing for sure probably makes you wrong, right? So there's that phrase of like, not making a decision is a decision, right? Um, and that, and, and oftentimes the inaction is the one that causes problem. So let me let me actually piggyback on that because there's a, a really good quote. I don't think I used it last week. I apologize, listeners, if I did. It was on my um, in my notes last week or the week before, I guess. It's from the book, The Humans by Matt Haig. And I, I, I just loved it when I read this line. Politeness is often fear. Kindness is always courage, but caring is what makes you human, 
care more, become more human. Now, here's why I think about this phrase when we talk about getting your hands dirty and doing as opposed to just being that that buffer to status quo. What I observe often with people in, in this building and other places is work stops getting done when people are polite. Mm. Rather than being real and raw and having emotions and being angry or being sad or being frustrated, people are just polite to each other so that that interaction can be done. And now we go back to status quo. So they need to be brave. <laughs> yeah. Brave schools, <laughs> if only. Right? No. Uh, I, can I piggyback off that? Uh, sure. Ryan, that's a lot of piggybacking off of piggybacking. Uh, right. We're a piggyback <laughs> Stack <show>. of pigs. <laughs> that probably should be our tagline. Just a, just stack, a of stack of pigs. Uh, so we had a district leadership training uh, the other day, and we're going to have it this, like three times throughout the year. And I'm going to, I forget the lady's name who's running it, but she is, she is creating a shoot. Can I give me just a pause? Uh, gracious space. Okay. And her whole thing is gracious space. And as she's working through it, I was really pissed off. Because I'm like, I wish I would have had this conversation three weeks ago. And it's because I wouldn't have been so adamant about a brave space. It would have been a, a gracious space. And so we did a lot of talking about what that looks like. How, how do you define a gracious or safe space? Um, and one of the people that I was with, uh, she's a monster of a principal here in this uh, in Great Falls, uh, Lindsay Stokes. One of her criteria was steadfastness. Right? We need to be steadfast. And it, it kind of opened this conversation to exactly what you're saying. If if we're in a place where it's just polite or safe, and we define safety as no pushback, nothing's going to happen. We're not going to move the needle at all. And so Lindsay's point was we can have hard conversations and be, you didn't say polite. What does your quote say? Yeah. Uh, Kindness. Well, no. So here's what it says. Let me go back to it. It says politeness is often fear. Kindness is always courage. There it is. And, so and I think what you're have... about to say, kind yeah. means g saying the truth, I'm, saying out loud gonna, the thing, right? In a kind way, in a gracious yeah. way, right? Yeah. You're human. There's failure. There's there's all the, the ugliness of humanity, a part of this. But kindness is actually having a, a hard conversation in a kind way. And I, and I do think that that is, you know, once you once you have a delineation of power, that conversation is difficult because even if your boss says something to you about correction or about needing to be better, even if they say it in a kind way, there is still fear. There is still unequal power. And so it comes across different. Yeah. That doesn't mean we don't do it. That doesn't mean we don't let fear ruin the day. Uh, because that goes back to the Danny Bauer, that goes back to the status quo, that goes back to all of what we're just, if I'm unpacking all of our piggybackness, <laughs> it goes back to what we just said in the very beginning, which is we have to get dirty, like, right? Like you have to, you have to get your hands dirty, get part of the mess. And the example that she gave, I thought was so brilliant. And I was mad that I didn't come up with it. She said, we have to be like ducks, which is ducks can immerse themselves in the water or in the problem. But when they come up, they're not dirty. They're not wet, right? So 
we have to be able to do those things. And you do that with kindness. You do that with a gracious space or to my point many weeks ago, a brave space. I'm just going to move on from that comment. But uh, <laughs> one other thing I do want to say, and um, I, I probably have some colleagues who are listening to this and and I love them dearly. So this is not to call them out, but <laughs> kindness probably has to occur in person. Uh, we probably can't say the, the problem in an email. I've been trying to discourage my whole staff from sending emails. Please don't, unless it's just a list of facts that need followed up on. And sometimes it's about time. So I'm not criticizing. And again, these, uh, I care deeply about my staff members. So that's not what I'm saying here, but emails, text messages, right? Uh, they, they get weird. They do. And the only time I would ever think them appropriate, like I can, I can remember a time where this was my first um, principalship job back in the States here, I had a teacher who just had something that she really wanted to express. And it wasn't about me, but it just was an uncomfortable topic. And I told her, uh, she was chatting with me on like a Friday and I could tell she was uncomfortable. And I said, listen, write an email. Don't send it, but write the email. Right. And then come Monday morning or whenever, sometime next week, if it's still very much on your heart and the email still articulates what your fears are, send the email we're going to have a conversation, but then you just send, like, you just get these thoughts out, then I can come back to you. And so when there is like a, a contract of sorts of, I just need to get this in, out in a way that is not emotional or that is clear. And then we'll talk about it. Great. Right. But yeah. we're still getting our hands dirty. We're still, we're still yeah. engaging in the mess. And, and I think that's the point. And, and uh, again, I understand educators are crunched for time. I understand sometimes a desire to, to make sure there's records of of the concerns because you know you want to say no I I said I told you this that was a thing but I think generally speaking let's just talk in person it's always my preference all right I'm I'm almost finished with the truth of done but I, I want to point out a couple of things here I mentioned it earlier I think that there are a few examples of done and and they are destruction, failure, and uh, and trashing things, throwing things away. That's that's what done means. I just want to emphasize yeah. that again. There is one alternative, though, and I mentioned it when I talked about Tom Moore. Done can also mean that you personally are leaving the game, but you are yeah. handing it off to someone else to maintain it. And this, I think I want to make clear because so far it seemed pretty doom and gloom, but you can succeed before being done hmm. success can occur and you get to a great place but the reason you're not done is because you have to maintain that success hmm. right so i don't want it to sound like you can never feel good in this process you know i would see my students succeed i'd see tremendous growth uh one of the i, I love teaching reading and writing as a history teacher it was it was really my favorite thing to do and i would see tremendous growth in my students and i would see students go from struggling to to write a paragraph to putting together well constructed five paragraph essays and we we could celebrate that but they could still get better there was still work to get done yeah. right so i i think but it's really your, important but to know. you your your job or your task in the process was done, right? It came to com completion, yeah. It came to completion. And I think in some ways, that's one of the reasons why people fear done, uh, being done, is because once it is done, we, we're done with it. We can't fix it. So like, 
like I'm trying to write a book, right? And I've been trying to do this for just shy of 20 years. <laughs> um, it's going to be a hell of a book. <laughs> it's going to be a hell of a book, right? <laughs> uh, but even in my limited experience with this, there is this fear that once I submit it to somebody, once I once I send it off, always I reread it the next day and I'm like, dang it, I missed something. There's that fear of this is finalized. This is what they're going to see. And so in many ways, I feel like we leave things undone because we just, whether consciously or subconsciously, don't want to admit this is the final draft because we're I terrified think, uh... that we might want to change it. Yeah, and you, and that's a great story because uh, w w I was actually and I just ran out of time. I was going to try to find a nice quote from an author. I think Kurt Vonnegut talks uh, had talked occasionally about his first book, Player Piano, and talks about all the things he would have done differently with that story. Uh, you know, looking back at it, uh, so I think that's a pretty common thing. It, it's probably common also in the profession that we do. Right? Sure. We probably look back at our teaching career and say, "Man, I would have done this a little differently." I can tell you, in my role, I spend so much time thinking about best practices and great strategies and how to engage kids. Like, I'm like, "Man, why didn't I do more of that?" Yeah, I think that's a pretty normal thing. So the the concept of never being done probably can be a bit overwhelming. Uh, and so I think a lot of it is really just a mindset of being okay that you're never going to be done, but there will be successes along the way. And so I, I'd like to finish just by talking about some ways to to help support your staff members and other people you work with, accept the fact that you're never done and that there's always more work to do. And so I think the first thing as a leader, you, you really just have to focus on the essentials of the process. And, and that's the language you have to use. You have to use process-oriented language. And that means clarifying the needs. That means taking action, lead by doing. You yourself needs to, need to be getting your hands dirty, right? Mm. Um, I think it means giving people the opportunity to steal from you here. Uh, been a lot of uh, callbacks to stuff you've talked about. You got to give people an opportunity to sharpen the axe a bit. Yeah. That's the rest stage. And during that rest stage, you're going to do some reflecting. And then I think it's really important to identify what's worth keeping and maintaining and throwing away or being done with mm -hmm. the things that aren't. And I think we're struggling with that in education. We're leaving everything on the plate. Yeah. We don't We don't need to do that. There are some things that are actually worth being done with. Yeah. Throw those things away. Yeah. Yeah. Identify what's worth keeping. That is, I like that. That is such a key process because I think even when you do that, you mentioned many episodes ago that you guys had like this, it started organically, but like this round table discussion. Um, what, what was it called? Do you remember? Was it uh, just a round table discussion? Yeah, we just, end of year round table. Yeah. There, and yeah. And I think one of the things that that does is when you have this moment of reflection, the sharpening of the axe, this identify what's worth keeping, is you walk through the process of the year and you begin to identify the things that you've forgotten that you have accomplished, right? You identify the failures too, and hopefully they're like comical moments where we can laugh about remember wins, right? Like remember when you tried that thing and it was just a complete failure? Uh, yeah, that was pretty funny. But what came out of it was this other thing. And we loved how that worked. Let's keep that. 
I want to keep that. And so even though we know we're going to build on it, and even though we know we're going to continue to manipulate it, it does give us the sense of completion, which we all need, even us non-type A people. You need a sense of completion, a sense of being able to look back and say, I can see where I've come along the way. And even though I'm truly embarrassed by sometimes when I reread something that I wrote many years ago, or I think of some practices that I engage in with my classroom, it's truly embarrassing. But it also is affirming to know that like, I know that that's embarrassing, that I'm not still like that. <laughs> Does that make sense? And that's a sense of yeah. accomplishment. I, growth is is part of what we're doing here. We growth is embarrassing. Getting... Yes, correct. <laughs> uh, and on that point, I, I think celebrating the messiness that comes with being action-oriented needs to occur. We have to find ways to celebrate this mess that we are engaged in, this wonderful mess that we are engaged in. Um, another quote from, from the, the humans, Matt Haig, don't aim for perfection. Evolution and life only happen through mistakes. Hmm. Right? We have to understand that, be okay with that, and even celebrate that. It's tough though. It is. It is. It's a big ask. Especially in a culture, educational culture, that um, we say that and we say it to our students, but I truly do believe most of the time we don't believe it about ourselves. Um, we don't believe that we can be messy. We don't believe that we can make mistakes, which is why um, we close our doors at times, which is why the the Facebook comments really are frustrating. We're terrified of being caught in our messiness and not being celebrated for it, but being identified by that like a single moment, right? That teacher is and you fill in the blank and maybe they did that thing or said that thing years ago or even this this year. But there's so much more than that, and this is part of their messiness. But we we are not a gracious culture, I don't think. I mean, you can tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think education is a gracious culture, um, sometimes amongst ourselves, but really, I don't say our direct community, but just from the, what am I trying to say, the population at large, like we're, we're not a respected culture. Um, and so we are yeah. not celebrated in the process. We are criticized by our messy process. We want yeah. We want problems fixed. Yeah. And I, I think that's where building leaders have to really be strong and, and fortify the building so that inside it is a place where we get to make mistakes. And I, I don't know what that would look like for adults who are teaching, but, you know, a, a common example of that in the classroom is, you know, a teacher says my favorite mistake and they, they don't, they don't tie it to a kid, but they're like, look at this thing that, that happens sometimes when we do this work check it out. Here's why this mistake happens. What a great mistake this is. What a, what a great mistake we can learn from, right? Um, I'm sure there's a way to do that for, for adults who are teaching I don't know. As well, I kind of like that. We have a, a all staff meeting today and I kind of, we, we start every staff meeting with a celebration. What are you celebrating this last couple of weeks? I might ask them, what's your favorite mistake the last couple of weeks? What did you learn yeah. from it? That's, that's yeah. it. I like it. My favorite yeah. mistake. Yeah. Um, just a, a reminder as we wrap this up is I guess we do have to give people permission to be done, but I think it's only on two occasions. One, you're ready to throw it away. Or two, you're done and you're ready to hand this thing off to someone else because it's worth maintaining. Um, and this gives us an opportunity to, again, take things off the plate that aren't worth keeping. It also gives us an opportunity to celebrate people who are ready to move on. Either they're retiring or they're changing careers, and that's okay. It's time for them to be done and hand it to someone else. I think that's that's all right. One of the things that you said many episodes ago, uh, we were talking about quitting, and I used an example of a poker player who good poker players know when to quit. 
and they actually quit often and yeah. early. Um, and I asked you, as educators, are we allowed to quit? And your phrase was that really has kind of stuck directly in my brain was on processes, not people. Yeah. After this week, would you still hold to that? So my last point, maintain the things that are good. You also said a long time ago, we are in the business of people. People are what we need to maintain. So I do stand by that. Sometimes we will discover that whatever processes or things that we are doing, they are not worth keeping. But understand what that means is we are throwing it away. I do not think we should do that with the people. I don't have the quote in front of me, but uh, Matt Haig had another quote. It's something like, "If find, find the beauty in others. If all you see is the ugly, you're not looking close enough. Look closer. And we can find beauty in all the people around us. We should not be giving up on them. I have a long list of how we keep people uh, and maintain people, uh, but I want to focus on some of the things that we've already mentioned on this podcast, primarily to maintain the people, to give them strength, to keep them strong enough to continue through the process, even though you're never done and it's always exhausting, is to make sure that they belong, to make sure that they have opportunities to have a voice and tell their story, to make sure that we all get to experience human emotions together. These are the things that you and I keep emphasizing, and it's vitally true when we talk about propping up, I don't like that phrase, but building up and in, in, in keeping the strength of the people who are working in a field in which the work is never done. That was good. That's convicting. That was good, Casey. I really didn't have any hopes for this episode, but you brought some. Thank you. <laughs> I love it, man. Low expectations for me. This is the key. Everyone looks at me and is very surprised when I accomplish anything. So I think it's working for me. Casey said that. What? Yeah. No, it's good. Oh, it's good. Hey, all right. So um, so this is this is a, a hard pivot, but I actually was thinking about it on the way in because I, I'm just I was wrestling with like your outline and this cult of done because I don't think that's I, I'm not I don't subscribe to the cult of done I actually subscribe to the the church of the undone right like I, that's where <laughs> I exist um but I was actually thinking about um peer driven PD this is a strange pivot but it's a natural pivot um and thinking about isn't that what they're trying to do or what Mike Elpert is trying to do right he's trying to provide this space where teachers who are feeling like they need to throw something away and there's goodness in throwing something away but i think when it's a person that gets really ugly and even though like and even when we say it out of complete frustration we know that it's wrong and i think that's what peer driven pd is trying to do is to prevent this desire or the actual act of throwing things away that we shouldn't be throwing away and so it is maybe this is an advertisement for him but it's a it's a legitimate like heartfelt that's the importance of peer-driven pd is because teachers can go there administrators can go there and if they're wrestling with something that they feel like i don't want to be done with this but i need to know i need to give one last like real good hoorah on this thing Peer-driven PD gives us that very real, timely, purposeful, all right, here's another tool. Get after it. And if this doesn't work, or if you still come out of it, 
and you're like, I don't know. Okay, then maybe we can throw it away. And there's a confidence to that. But we know that we have gained the appropriate and purposeful tool to try and engage one more time. Yeah, and I just want to add to that. And and you pointed out we do have a partnership with Peer Driven PD, um, but but we've chosen this because it is something that we believe is valuable for our teachers. And and I think, you know, one of the things is we've struggled here lately as a building, you know, we're going to ebb and flow through the school year. But one thing that I'm noticing is there's a lot of feeling of of being unsupported. Yeah. And in, in this profession where, where you're never quite done, where you're always trying to improve, one thing that you're going to need is you're going to need support in this process. And you're going to need the support that makes sense for you. And that's where peer-driven PD is perfect because there's so many different opportunities and you can find the thing that you need. Yeah. So if you're listening, uh, obviously we are partnered with them, but truly it is, we partner with them because we believe in it. Peer-driven PD, check it out. Mike Galpert, mention shirts and ties and get and save yourself 10% on any purchase for the rest of the year. Okay, so so what's your takeaway? My takeaway today. This is uh, this is a little self promotion, I think. Here for both of us, you and I, we we came into this a long time ago, and we said let's just do the thing that we enjoy doing, which is talking about education. Let's get a little philosophical. As we've moved through this process, we've we've shifted from just philosophical to to concrete solutions, some real plans and some ideas. And I think both you and I have put this these conversations into action in our jobs, right? right. And the the number of times in today's episode where you and I referred back to things that we have said on this show and and things that we have chosen to then incorporate into the work that we're doing, um, I, that was my takeaway as we wrap this thing up is hmm. whatever we set out to do in this show, I think we're doing. Let's get better. Yeah, we're it, we're not done. We're not sure. done. It's not done. But we're growing along the way. We're getting better along the way. And we're figuring out what things are worth keeping and what things are worth throwing away. So you're not throwing away the ties yet? Uh, not yet. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> one, one last two rod, then we'll see what happens. Yeah, I um, mean. I think we're still scheduled to, to record next week. So we got at least one more week. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, man, I, I'll be honest with you. You said a lot of things that I really did appreciate um, and that are my takeaways. Um, one of them being, it's never about the being done. Uh, it's about the being, which I know that was kind of a, a joint sort of reflection. Um, I really, though, I think I appreciated the um, people with without dirty hands are wrong. Doing something makes makes you right or makes it right. I think that's an imperfect statement, but I also think it is a call to action. It's a very tangible call to action of, if I'm recalling my own conversations at times, either with my fellow colleagues as a teacher or even with my teachers, you, you kind of do that, that statement, those statements are synonymous. We are done. When you hear that phrase, I'm done, I'm done with that kid. It's either because their hands are so dirty and they don't know what to do and they're just exhausted of failure or because they don't want to get dirty. Right. I don't really like this kid is upsetting me so much. This kid is such a jerk in my class. And when the question is asked, have you ever just kind of sat with him and like really got your hands dirty, not dirty, like wrestling with the kid, but dirty in terms of like, they're messy. Their life is messy. Their thoughts are messy. Engage that. Really get messy with them. And I'm betting you won't be done when you do that, right? So I just, those two kind of thoughts, I think, are are, are kind of 
fighting in my head right now and i and i'm i appreciate that so thank you yeah man that was fun that was good uh all right all right anyways hey man thanks for this morning good to see you this morning have a great day until next week do great things and keep knocking see you bud see ya